What a uh, great way to set up the message talking about Oreos and ketchup and tuna fish and jelly. Thank you, Pastor Brandon. I'm back there with both hands raised, just thanking the Lord I'm not a youth pastor anymore and have to deal with those things. But uh, worth it. And if you're a parent and you're wondering what happens back there, there you go. Somehow there'll be a message tied to uh, uh, Oreos and ketchup. I don't know what it is, but I hope it's good. But uh, how y'all doing this morning? All right, you ready for a message this morning? Oh man, this, this one's been stewing for a while. This is, uh, this is good because as you know, I've been listening to Christmas music for months already. I know some of you are cranky about that, but guess what? Your Thanksgiving is over, get over it. We're here, we're at Christmas, so you gotta start listening to Christmas music now. Uh, but in all seriousness, I hope you had a fabulous Thanksgiving. I, I hope you got to spend it with some family members or friends and you truly uh, had a good time with that. Uh, but we are stepping into our Christmas series that uh, I've known about for probably half a year. Um, as a church, we always gotta be thinking ahead and praying ahead to what we uh, want the, the Lord to show us uh, what to speak about. And this one was just so clear as we, we met as a pastoral staff of, you know, what, what do we talk about this Christmas? I mean, the message is obvious, you know, the birth of Christ, which is the main point. But uh, the, the series name uh, for the next four weeks is called Hope Has Come. Hope Has Come. And as I was writing this message, I thought, you know, hope is something probably that, that every one of you sitting here has some sort of hope in, in something. Right now, you're hoping for something. And, and nobody else may even know about it but you. But every one of us here this morning has probably got some sort of hope on our heart. And so I, I wanna talk about that this morning. But first because it is the Christmas season and I believe that's a, a time for giving, I have a $20 Sheets card I'd like to give away. Yeah, oh, that's nice. That's nice to hear that this morning. That's right, that's not $5, which would get you a cup of coffee, even $10. It's 20 bucks, but you gotta earn it. I ain't just giving it away, I'm not dumb. All right, you gotta earn it. So, you are gonna learn very quickly in the next 60 seconds why it is so important to listen to the pastor when he says, take a pen and take some notes. This is gonna help you this morning, but only if you've done that. The rest of you can sit there in shame. All right, uh, oh, I saw that, Juanita. All right, so here we go, and you're gonna have to talk into a microphone. 20 bucks, oh, listen, this is great, I love it. I, I, people act like this microphone is a rattlesnake. They're like, now you gotta talk into it. They're afraid to hold it. They hold it out here. It will not hurt you. It will not shock you, bite you. you. You'll be okay. I'll even hold it if you like. But you have to earn this $20 gift card, all right? So here's what you need to do. And if you've taken notes, unlike school, when the teacher says, put your notes away, I'm telling you to get your notes out. Am I a good pastor? All right, only the one person that gets the gift card will probably think I'm a good pastor. All right, here we go. You got your notes out? Who still has their notebooks that we gave you? All right, that's not bad, that's not bad. So here is the question you need to answer. It has to do with the last sermon series that was eight weeks. That sermon series was called Foundations. And during that sermon series, we gave you eight building blocks or eight foundations of your faith. 
you need to name me all eight right now. Put your hand up, put your hand up. Oh, right back there. Can you come up here? Yep, right there. Yep, you, come on, Brendan. I'm gonna come to you. Yes, you, absolutely. Is that your notebook? That's impressive. That is awesome. I couldn't read that to save my life. That is awesome. Now, all right, come on up here. Here we go. $20 gift card. Okay. September 24th, God's Word. October 1st, prayer. October 8th, worship. The 15th, community. And the 22nd, the Holy Spirit. 29th, missions. And generosity. Well done. You should see that notebook. That is super, that will fill your Harley up. 20 bucks, that'll fill your whole Harley up. You may not know it, but she got an incredible Harley. If you see a Harley sitting out there, it's most likely Brenda's. All right, well done, well done. So with that, I would encourage you to find a pen this morning. It's gonna be worth something at some point because it's Christmas. Maybe these gifts, I'm gonna have to talk to the finance lady because I feel she's looking at me right now. Uh, I'm gonna try to up the ante every week, but uh, so start taking some notes. It's really important. And that, that's a super impressive uh, journal right there. Well done. And I'm sure it comes in handy to refer to later. So, all right. So as I said, many of you probably sit here with a hope. You, you may find it, maybe hard to even focus on the message, or maybe it was tough to, to worship this morning because you just have this hope that you've been living with and dealing with and, and nothing's happening and you're wondering if God hears you and sees you. And maybe you sit here this morning and, and I just wrote a couple down as I was preparing this message of, of maybe this is where you are this morning. Uh, maybe you hope this morning, I, I hope I can make it through the message without falling asleep. Because I can see you all, I'm just letting you know. When you start dozing off, I see it. I see it and I start praying for you and I pray mean for you, Lord. Wake them up, whatever it takes. Or, or maybe you, you hope you can make it through the message without crying. Maybe your hope is, I still have a job on Monday. Or maybe your hope is, I hope I can find a job by Monday. Or maybe your hope is, I, I hope the doctor tells me it's treatable. Or, or maybe you're hoping this morning that I'm not so anxious or I'm so depressed. Or I hope I, I'm, I'm not overwhelmed this week. I hope I'm not sad. I hope I don't have to worry today. Or, or I hope, are they still home when I get there today? Or maybe you hope there, you can pay the bills at the end of the month. Or, or maybe you hope this morning the Lord hears me. Or maybe you hope, I hope the Lord sees me. Or maybe you hope this morning, I hope the Lord hasn't forgotten me. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning that I believe hope sees you, hope hears you, and hope loves you more than you feel at this moment. And so today we're gonna to talk about a hope that's referred to over 2,600 years ago in the book of Isaiah. 2,600 years ago, this hope was first mentioned. And that hope is Jesus Christ. I'm gonna read from Isaiah 9, 
6 through 7. You've probably heard this before. In fact, if, if you've watched Charlie Brown's Christmas, you've probably heard this, and I'm not going to read it as well as Charlie Brown did, but I'm going to do my best. And it goes like this from Isaiah chapter 9. For, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accompany this. This Christmas, we're gonna talk about those four names given over 2,600 years ago. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. They all represent something different about the same person, Jesus Christ. And so today, we're gonna talk about Wonderful Counselor. Like, what, what does that mean? Why was he called Wonderful Counselor? Why do we refer to Jesus Christ as the Wonderful Counselor? Well, we're gonna visit that today, and we're gonna talk about that today. But let me ask you this question. Have you ever in your life received really good counsel? I mean good counsel, like you needed this counsel. You were struggling, there was a burden, there was a heartache, you lacked direction, whatever it is, and you needed counsel. I remember many years ago when, when I was volunteering in youth ministry, I remember the youth pastor who's now an elder of our church, Pastor Tom Rees, he's a huge mentor in my life as a young Christian and pouring into me. And I remember there came a time where, where the youth was growing and, and he was the youth pastor. And he said, Eric, I, I, I believe God wants us to, to meet outside these walls. And he said, I'm gonna rent the Wyomissing Hills gym on a Sunday night for the youth to come out. And I want you to lead it. Instantly, I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. Like, I love what I do, but to lead something that's kind of scary. I, have not, I haven't been to Bible school, man. I'm just a volunteer. I'm just loving on kids, just doing my best. I don't, I don't know about that. I'm not sure. And he said, no, Eric, I know you're the one. I, I'm gonna walk beside you and you're gonna watch me and then I'm gonna watch you and then you're gonna do it. And I said, okay, I trust you. And I remember opening up that school and Sunday night, we'd, we'd, we'd meet at the little church, little GT on Warwick Drive, and we'd fill these vans full of kids and we'd drive them over. And at, at some point, it was 60, 70, 80 kids. It was incredible, kids from the neighborhood. And we'd start out with a game and we'd smack each other around in the name of Jesus and have fun and you'd give them more sugar and then you'd ask them to sit down. And then it was 20 minutes that they would hear the gospel. And this was the first time that I really started preaching and sharing a message. And I didn't never prepare to, I didn't know what I was just, just preaching from the heart, just studying the Bible, just doing my best, trying to relate to the kids, trying to give them hope. And at the end of every message, I would end it the same way. If there's anybody that would like to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, man, just shoot your hand up. And for months, not one hand. Not one hand. And I would drive home every Sunday 
so discouraged, so beat up. Man, you're just, I'd hear these voices, not literal voices, but the enemy at the time. You're terrible at this. You don't know what you're doing. You're not qualified. You're not a pastor. Who do you think you are? These kids don't even like you. And I would battle this because I love doing it and I knew I was called to do it, but nothing's happening. And I remember walking into Pastor Tom's office. I'm like, hey man, can we talk? He's like, yeah, what's going on? How's it going Sunday night? I said, it's not going good. In fact, I don't think I want to do it anymore. He's like, what are you, what are you talking about? What, what, what's happening? What's, what's going on? The kids, are they me? Are they not? Let, no, no, the kids are great. Love the kids. Kids are incredible. It's me. He's like, what do you mean it's you? I said, Pastor Tom, for months, I end the message the same, and not one kid has raised their hand to receive Jesus. What am I doing wrong? And he laughs at me. <laughs> There's a pick-me-upper, huh? You're sharing your heart, and he laughs at you. I'm like confused. He said, Eric, let me tell you something. I'm gonna tell you the same thing that someone told me early in my ministry. I hope it helps you because I was seriously gonna quit. I'll just go do something else. He said, Eric, you gotta know this. You, Eric Goldsboro, you don't save anybody. Jesus does. He works in the heart. He changes the heart. You're just a messenger. Your job is to be the best messenger you can. You put the message out there, you hand the letter, you hand the envelope, you hand the whatever, and you walk away and you let God do the rest. Sometimes you just plant seeds and you just walk away. God determines when they grow. It's not you. You don't save anybody. And I was very firm about it. And I was a little... And I remember driving home thinking, he's right. I don't save anybody. My calling is just to go out there and share and love the kids. And I am so thankful for good counsel. Now, let me ask you this. Have you ever received bad counsel? Who's, who's received bad counsel? Oh, I wanna hear some of your stories. I have a long list. I could fill your notebook 10 times with bad counsel in my life. But let me give you one by a loved one in my life. My brother, who I love, I, I truly love. We, we grew up together, we were tight. But sometimes brothers can be a little shysty. And so I was the little brother who was three years older than me and I just always wanted to be around my brother and his friends and you know, I was the, the, the little brother, the little tag along. Anybody the tag along? Yeah, you know what it feels like then. And my brother, he, buddies came over and they're like, man, we're, we're gonna go to the ravine. We're gonna swing on the vine. I'm like, oh, that sounds fun. I'm like the eighth grader. They're in high school. I'm like, can I come with? Can I come with? They're like, oh man, come on. And so we go to this, we go to Shillington Park. I won't tell you where it is because you'll probably go there, so don't do it. But it's, it's, it's not Shillington Park, but you gotta veer off the tra trail and you gotta trespass onto a nun convent. I'm not kidding which is probably why this happened. I shouldn't have done that. And so we're there and I, you know, we can see the nuns up there and, and it's, it's a beautiful place and we're in the middle of the woods and, and there's this ravine with this, this creek running through it and there's this vine hanging. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is gonna be great. 
this is Rambo stuff, man. And I watch my brother, you know, he gets up there and he swings across. I'm like, wow. And he has all his buddies swing across. They throw the vine back to me. Come on. I'm like, oh yeah, I can do this. No, you can't. And I get on the vine. I have never held my body weight before. I don't know what that's like. I just think I'm gonna, the vine's gonna like attach itself to me or something. And I, I grab the vine and just like this, I go and I jump right in the creek on my back and it knocked me out, right? Just, all I remember is that, I don't know if you've ever fallen and you didn't want to, that feeling, you get that weird feeling. That's all I remember. And I like startled and woke up and I, I was wet. I was laying in the creek all wet and, and, I'm, and I'm like expecting my, Barry, I'm looking for my brother. They left me there. <laughs> they left me there. I didn't even know how to get out of the woods. I almost had to go to a nun that scared me. And I, how do I get out of here? <laughs> that was bad counsel on my brother's part because he's like, you can do it, buddy. You can do it. This is easy. We did it. Terrible counsel. Now, I could write a book on the terrible counsel my brother's given me, but I won't. I love him. I really do. But it was terrible, terrible counseling. All right. Now, this morning, I want to pass on good counseling from, the, from Isaiah chapter 40. Listen to what Isaiah goes on to talk about. He says, have you not known? Have you not heard? Like, do you ever have a conversation with somebody like they just don't get it? And you're like, don't you get it? That, that's how I feel the prophet Isaiah is writing this. It's not just how I read it, but he's like, don't you get it? Like, like haven't you heard? Now, I'll give you the context of why he's probably saying it this way in a moment. So he says, have you not heard? The Lord is an everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. I feel like for somebody in the room, that line right there, I'm gonna read it again for you. Because you think that God doesn't see you. You're tired and you have grown faint and you are weird. You're here. And praise God, you're here this morning. And you're tired. I'm here to tell you that we have a wonderful counselor that does not grow faint or grow weary. Take that in this morning. It goes on to say, he gives the power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases their strength. Even youth shall fail and be weary. And young man shall fall exhausted. And this is the verse we love. We see it on plaques and everything else. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. It, that's just a pick-me-upper, isn't it? Yes. Then why is it so hard to live that sometimes? Why, why is it just so hard? To, that, that is just an incredible, powerful verse. Now, now here's, here's where... I think it trips us up because there's a lot of feel good in that. There's a lot of encouragement in that. That's intentional. But here's why, it, why it's gonna feel like it's not working for you or, you, or you're not gonna feel like the, this is happening in your life. One word in this text that trips us up, wait. So you gotta pause and you gotta read this slowly. All those things aren't going to happen unless you wait. Because it says, but those who wait 
for the Lord shall renew their strength. I bet if I had a conversation with you all, just assuming this, speculation, I bet none of you enjoy waiting. I mean, I bet none of you sit in a line at a drive-through getting your health food, your Big Mac and your fries, and you're gonna eat healthy that day. None of you enjoy waiting. Come on, come on, I'm hungry. Or, or, or you're at a line and, you know, I think of, uh, we, we've, we've been to many amusement parks. I don't stand in line in 90 degree weather like, this is fantastic, wasting my life in line. Ain't this, guys, don't you love waiting in line? This is great. Nobody likes waiting. You don't like waiting for your paycheck. You don't like waiting to get better. I just don't know anybody that's like, yep, waiting is my thing. I just love waiting. Nobody. It's just not a natural feeling. Nobody likes to wait. The key to waiting is the second part. It's what are you waiting for? I think that has a big part of it. And in this verse, it's waiting for the Lord. So the key to the waiting is the second part for the Lord. Because when we wait for people, they're gonna let you down. I'm just, the people will let you down. Nobody can be 100% on time. Nobody can meet 100% of your needs. N nobody, don't, don't put that expectation on anybody. It's unfair, don't put it on your spouse, don't put it on your kids, don't put it on your boss, don't put it on your neighbors, don't put it on anybody because nobody can do that except the Lord. Except the Lord. Because I believe his timing is perfect. Now, the second part to this, which is really important, that word translated in Hebrew, because we think, wait, you know, just kind of sitting there and looking at our watch or looking at our phone or whatever, we're, we're waiting. That's not what wait means in this text. In the proper definition, it means to look for, to hope, and to expect. Expect. So now that kind of changes the context of this. I'm not just sitting here waiting for the Lord, do your thing. I've prayed one time, man, I'm just, I'm just waiting. Is that what the Bible says to do? It's not what the Bible says. I believe that when we wait for the Lord, there's an expectation, knowing that he sees you, he hears you, he loves you, he has his, your best interest in, in his mind for you, we don't wait there impatiently. We don't wait there with a grudge. We don't wait there wiggling our finger at God. We wait there knowing that his timing needs to be perfect. I don't know about you, but as I look past the, the 30 plus years of serving Jesus, there have been some times where I have waited and I've not heard God. And I had to really step out in faith and stand there and wait and believe, God, you hear me, you see me. I'm waiting and I'm gonna wait with joy and I'm gonna praise you while I'm waiting. I'm gonna praise you through the breakthrough. I'm gonna praise you through the pain because I believe that you see me and I'm gonna wait eagerly. And he's never disappointed. He's never disappointed. I think sometimes the reason we have a hard time with that is because people have disappointed you. God is not people, God is God. God is perfect, his timing is perfect. The key to this verse, those who wait for the Lord. I believe that God answers in three ways. 
I believe everybody here is waiting for an answer for something in their life. It's either yes, no, or not now. But what I would encourage you with, please don't get in front of God. Nothing good happens from, from getting in front of God. If you don't hear, then you just patiently wait. You eagerly expect. God knows your needs. He tells me that, that he sees every bird that falls from the sky. Aren't you greater than the sparrow? He will provide all of your needs. And I believe there's also a key. The Lord spoke it to me here. It's not even in my notes. They don't have a slide for it. Do you know what the key to waiting is? Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God. When we start putting our desires and our want, and listen, you should have goals and dreams and all those things. That, that, that's, that's biblical, that's good. You need direction in your life. But the first thing, the first thing needs to remain the first thing. Seek first the kingdom of God and then all of these things will be given to you. Seek first so can we really point our finger at God and say he's not on time and where is he and, and where is our hope? Seek first the kingdom of God. So what does this have to do with Christmas? Because Christmas is about hope has come. Jesus Christ has finally come. Here they're just prophesying about it. Wonderful counselor, mighty king, he's, he's coming we live in an age where, where, where Jesus has come and then he's given us the gift of the wonderful counselor, the Holy Spirit. They didn't have that. Hope is here right now by the way of a baby in a manger. Only God could do that. Only God could do that. So I looked up the, the meaning of wonderful counselor. Like what is the Bible really talking about? Wonderful is actually the word wonder, and it doesn't mean wonderful in the sense of like great, but it's more like miraculous and astonishing beyond understanding something only God can do. Because we think of wonderful, oh, that's great, that's wonderful. No, 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 please don't think of, of the name given to Jesus Christ, the wonderful counselors. Ah, he's great, he's good, yeah, wonderful. It's much, much more than that. Miraculous astonishing. When we change our perspective of who Jesus is, I believe it'll change the way you serve him. Well, that wasn't in my notes either. Thank you, Lord. The word counselor is also a little different than what we think of. I'm sure when you hear counselor, what do you think of? Come over here, sit down. We're gonna talk about your past and how jacked up your family is and how messed you up. And, and listen, I'm, if you're a counselor, please, I'm just, I've been, I've been to counseling and that helps. There was a point in my life where I went nine months straight and that exact question was given to me and it helped me. So I'm not making fun of, count. there's good counseling, there's bad counseling too. But there's good counseling, there really is. So I'm not, but that's what we think of. We, when, when you hear the word counselor, you, you probably immediately go to that person and you, know, you sit down and you share and, and that, that's good, but that, that's not what wonderful counselor in the word of God in Isaiah is talking about. It's not that but it rever refers more to an advisor or a guide, kind of like the kings, the first and second kings, the book of first and second kings, the kings were advising the people which way to go. God was speaking through the kings, a lot of bad kings, but there were some good ones. So think of it more like that. That's a better definition of wonderful counselor. Now here's 
three things. This would be a good time to write them down and find that pen. If you don't have something to write on, just use the person's shirt in front of you. Just start writing notes on their shirt. They'll appreciate it later. Three things about the wonderful counselor. Number one, Jesus is approachable. Jesus Christ is approachable. I've heard many people say, well, I don't feel him. I don't see him. He's a million miles away. He's busy. The world is, you know, it's pretty jacked up right now. A lot going on. He no, you're not getting the proper idea of wonderful counselor. He's a personal God. One of the marks of any good counselor is that they're approachable. They're, they need to be, if you, if you are to get good counsel, that counselor needs to be approachable. And I'm telling you, there's none better than Jesus Christ himself. If you don't feel comfortable with your counselor, you will never approach them with your problems and be completely open and honest. Do you trust Jesus Christ this morning? I mean, with ev- like, can you open up completely? Like, like everything, like throw your junk on the table and trust him. Is that the God you serve this morning? Do you trust him with your stuff? Is he approachable to you? I'm here to tell you he is approachable. And I feel this morning that some of you are not approaching him. You've kind of tried and you're just like, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go over here because they're more approachable. And you try this and you try that and you try this and you try that. Jesus is approachable this morning because he understands your struggles. I've had many people say, well, he just doesn't understand. I'm gonna prove you wrong this morning. Jesus has faced every struggle you faced. Not the situation, but the feelings involved with that struggle. Because some of you be like, well, he doesn't know what it's like to pay bills. Now, what does that make you feel? Does that make you feel anxious? Does it make you feel worried? Listen to this. Some of you think, well, you, you, you just have a, too small of a picture of Jesus this morning. How could Jesus worry? He was God. He was, he was sinless. That's right. You can worry and not sin. Worry is not a sin. Temptation is not a sin. Let me prove it to you. Be a good one to write down. Hebrews chapter four, verses 14 through 16. Some of you have probably never heard this before. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest, Jesus, who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Really? You mean Jesus knows my weaknesses? He, 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 he's actually experienced my weaknesses. But one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Don't tell me Jesus doesn't know how you feel. He knows exactly how you feel because he's felt it. He's experienced the temptations. The Bible tells me, it goes on to say, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. I love the part where it says, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace 
to help in a time of need. God is waiting for you. Jesus is waiting for you to approach him. Jesus is such a gentleman, he is not gonna force himself upon you. Oh, he'll knock on the door of your heart. He'll knock. I'm right here. I'm right here. Bible says we just gotta open the door. Jesus is not gonna kick your door down. He's not gonna do it, but he'll knock. Right here. All we gotta do is grab the handle and open and be real and be real. Another thing he does, being approachable, Jesus bridges the gap between heaven and earth, between you and his father. The Bible tells me there's this huge void between us on earth and the Lord in heaven. There's this void, there's this, there's this divide and we can't cross it. It's impossible. Jesus is the mediator between you and his father. He bridges that gap between us. Listen to what 1 Timothy 2.5 says. He says, for there is one God and there is one mediator, one mediator between God and man, and the man, Jesus Christ. One, one. Sin blocks access to a holy God and our wonderful counselor advocates for us. Sin will always put that, that blockade in front. So Jesus is approachable. Number two, Jesus is reliable. Man, do you have somebody reliable in your life right now? I mean, you could call them after service. You get a flat tire and be like, yo, man, I'm on 222. Can you help? Absolutely, I'll be there. It's nice to know that, that you have someone reliable in your life, that, that you can call them at any point. I'll do my very best to be there and help you. But not anybody, nobody can be 100% reliable. It's impossible. You can do your very best, and I hope you have those, but not one single man or woman on earth can be completely reliable. Jesus Christ is. He is. It's one thing to be approachable, number one, Jesus is approachable, but if you're going to be a good counselor, you have to be reliable. You have to be reliable. Can you imagine having an appointment with your counselor and you're all ready to go and man, you got a week's worth of stuff, you gotta, you gotta tell them and unload on them and you need advice and you need them to be there and they said, I'll be there at one o'clock and you're ready for your appointment and you canceled lunch and you're ready to unload and you go and the door is locked and they're not there. You're like, oh man, I need somebody to talk to. And you call them and you say, hey, listen, we're supposed to be there at one o'clock. You're not there. I'm sorry, I'll be there at two o'clock. So you're like, okay. You come back at two o'clock. There's a sign on the door that says, closed. Like, what, what is going on? Like, like it, it's such, it, it's so hard to be let down. It just doesn't feel good. You lose your trust. You lose your faith in somebody. It's so difficult. So if you want to be a good counselor, you have to be reliable. And I am here to tell you, Jesus is 100% reliable. You can go to him with full confidence that he will not only give you good counsel, but he will give you wise counsel. Isaiah 11:2. listen to this. 
This is describing the attributes of Jesus before he was born. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord will rest upon Jesus. That's the one I wanna go to. That's the one I wanna put my full confidence in. Jesus Christ is reliable. Listen to him real quick. I don't have all these verses on the, on the screen, but th this, is, this is Jesus's progress from being born. After Jesus was born into the world, we read in Luke 2 that he grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him, Luke 2, 40. A few verses later, at the age 12, we find him in the temple courts, age 12. At age 12, I was still playing with Legos. Jesus is in the church. Age 12, we find him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking questions. And everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. Luke chapter two, verses 46 and 47. And then after Jesus grew to be a man, we read in Matthew 13, coming to his hometown, he began teaching the people in their synagogue and they were amazed. Where did he get this wisdom? Where did he get this powers? From his father. Jesus has all the answers. But let's go back. We must patiently wait upon the Lord for those answers. Here's the th third thing. Why is a wonderful counselor? Because Jesus is available. Jesus is the wonderful counselor, first of all, because he's approachable, that's number one. Second, because he's reliable. And third, because Jesus is available. You could have the greatest counselor in the world, but if they're not available, what good are they? Now, here's the good news. Jesus said, the father would give another counselor. And that word for another in the Greek means a different type, but it doesn't mean a different type. It means another of the same kind. The Holy Spirit is the same kind of counselor as Jesus because the Holy Spirit, like Jesus, is God. It's the triune God. It's three in one. When Jesus was here on earth over 2,000 years ago, he was physically available to his disciples and to others. But when he returned to heaven, he didn't leave you alone. He didn't leave me alone. He didn't leave his creation alone because he knew we needed a wonderful counselor. John 14, verses 16 through 18, it says, and I will ask the Father, he's speaking to the disciples because he knows his mission is to be crucified, to be buried, to be raised again, to come to earth for 40 days and then finally ascend back into heaven. But there's no way we could do it alone. And so God in his loving kindness and grace, he says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Whew. Forever. Not a specific time forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, you will know him for he dwells with you and will be 
in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Not only is Jesus with us, not only is he with us, not, he's in us, not only is he in us, he will never leave us. Take that in for a second. You can run from him. You can try and hide from him. You can seek whatever you want. God loves you so much. He's given you a free will. Go do whatever you want. But the beautiful thing about God, and I have felt this and experienced, and I'm so thankful for it, especially when I start taking a step off the path that God has me on. I hear, that's not the direction for you. No, 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 it is. I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. This, is. this is really what I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. This, this. No. No, that's, that's not the direction for you. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? See, in order to have a wonderful counselor, trust is a massive part of it. You've got to trust your counselor. Some of you, you've lost or are losing trust in Jesus because he's not fast enough or quick enough or the way you want it and it doesn't make sense. No, not everything makes sense to you and I. I don't know about you, but I can't think like Jesus. I can't think ahead like Jesus. I can't, I can't, I gotta trust Would I need faith if I knew the answer to everything? Well, I don't need faith. I don't need Jesus. I live by faith in Christ. So what do we do? Three things. Come to Jesus with all of your struggles and all of your sin. Not one or one or the other. Because it's easy to come to Jesus and I'm, I'm just confused. What do you have for me, God? I'm not sure. I can't see how it's going to pan out and, and all those things. And Jesus wants those and he wants to hear those. But don't you dare leave sin in, out of that equation. Because you got to make it right. You got to bring the sin first and then the struggles. It's okay. I, I know that, that word sin can be a little cringy. That's why Jesus died, your sin and mine. And Jesus wants you to come to him with all of your struggles and all of your sins. Listen, there is no need to hide and no reason to pretend anymore. I know society is it's tough. Social media, all it being bombarded and you can put on the face and all the stuff and make it look like you got a fantastic life and I hope you do. But you know what? We all got some deep needs here. No need to fake it. Jesus absolutely loves when you come to him humbly with arms open and he's available. Don't try to carry the burden all by yourself. Jesus is the wonderful counselor because he's approachable. And you can bring every worry and every care to him. Number two, listen to Jesus through the word of God. I can't emphasize this enough. I don't think we take advantage of the word of God enough. It's everywhere. You got a phone, you got it. 
One click away, download the app. Nobody can say, well, I don't have access to that. Why don't we read it more? Why don't we study it more? Why don't we lean and rely on it more? Why don't we raise our children and live our lives and go to our jobs according to the word of God? It's, it's the greatest thing. It's living and active. But somehow we think we can just kind of figure it out our own. It's kind of sad. Jesus is the wonderful counselor because he's reliable and you can trust his counsel revealed in the word of God. This is the greatest counsel you'll ever get. Thank goodness for great pastors and teachers and professors and all those. There are great ones out there. And I'm, good counsel. But it better sit on this. It better sit on this. Because your pastor ain't getting you to heaven. Your teacher ain't getting you to heaven. Your parents ain't getting you to heaven. Your professor. No, this and your faith in God will get you there. And the last one. Walk with Jesus with the Holy Spirit living inside of you. It's through his Holy Spirit that this will be made clear to you. This will make sense to you. This will speak to you when you walk with the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna close with this. And this is another tricky one because as I was driving here this morning, just kind of praying and thinking about my message and want to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's scary, <laughs> but it was confirmed through someone this morning that came to me about a Wednesday service, which communion was a little bit different. And I was worried that maybe I, I wasn't, I was speaking out of line, just that, that thing again. But God confirmed it was the right thing to do. Many years ago, I was talking about that nine months of counseling that I went through, intense counseling, two to three times a week. Two to three times a week. I was angry, I was hurt, I was devastated beyond what probably most of you have ever felt. I felt like I died without physically dying. That's where I was at, 31 years old. Had nothing. Life just crumbled, man. I was mad. Mad at God, mad at people, disappointed, all those things. And sometimes I would go into counseling and I have a bad attitude. Imagine that. Anybody ever have a bad attitude? Is pastor the only one? Two honest people. Cool. And I remember coming in with a bad attitude. And you know what the counselor said to me? <laughs> I need you to do three things, Eric, when you come in here. Three things, every time. I need you to show up, I need you to sit down, and I need you to shut up. I don't know about you, my mom, she's back in the nursery loving on babies. My mom used to tell my brother and I, shut up is like a naughty word in the house. And I hear you say shut up, you're gonna be eating dove soap today. I've eaten my share of dove soap. My stomach is clean. You didn't say shut up in my house. You say shut up, my mom's like, she could hear it in like three rooms away. It was on my brother and I'd be, shut up. I heard you say that. Oh man, just give me the bar of soap, mom. You say shut up. 
I'll never forget this guy saying this to me. Show up, sit down, and shut up. I'm biting my lip. It was one of the best counseling sessions I had. Show up, sit down, shut up. The Lord said, you got to share that with them, Eric. Because there's some people out there, they're yapping away at me. They're disappointed in me and life is tough. But as long as they're yapping away, they can't hear the Holy Spirit. I'm trying to speak to them. I'm trying, but they won't shut up. Sometimes, gosh, I wonder what Pastor Scott's gonna say when he heard I was saying shut up in church. I'm blaming it on you. Sometimes we just need to shut up. Sometimes we need to just show up. I don't mean a church. It's good you're here this morning. I mean that. Wherever God is leading you, you could be at work, you could be at home, you could be walking, I don't know. But show up. When God knocks on your heart, make yourself available. Sit down, stop. Just stop what you're doing. Just sit down. Sit down in the presence of God. Throw your phone out the stinking window. Turn the television off. Get the distractions out. Show up, sit down, and shut up. You'll be so amazed at what you hear God speak to you. Some of you directions so bad, but you're not setting yourself up to hear from them. What good is a counselor if he doesn't show up? I believe you're here this morning by appointment. The counselor's here. The Holy Spirit is in this place. I've heard churches say and pray, and they do it with good intentions. They invite the Holy Spirit in on a Sunday morning. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit's always here. You can come here Monday. Holy Spirit's here Tuesday. This is a house, this is His. He's here all the time. You're here by appointment this morning. Some of you need desperately to hear from God. You showed up, you're sitting down, and you're being quiet. I'll use my mom's word. So now I'm gonna ask, what is he speaking to your heart right now? Do you need to surrender something this morning? Are you holding firmly to something that he doesn't desire you to have anymore? You lack direction this morning? You need to make a big decision somewhere? Are you lonely? Like God knows exactly what it is. You know what he needs from you? Just talk to him. Just seek him. Matthew 6, Seek him first. I'm telling you, it, it'll radically change your life. It's so simple. Do you need to shift some things in your life? Because God's maybe three or four or 30 or 40 down the line. You can't see clearly and you're, you're trying with everything to, to figure it out. And God's saying, show up, sit down shut up. Just listen to me. Listen to me. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. I want to pray for you. 
But I also wanna make an invitation because maybe you're, you're here and you don't know Jesus. You don't know the wonderful counselor. This could be your morning. This could be your morning to have a personal relationship with the wonderful counselor, Jesus Christ. So I'm gonna ask you to just raise your hand on the count of three and I'll lead you in a prayer of faith. It's a prayer of faith that brings you into a relationship with Jesus. So on the count of three, if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, just raise your hand. One, two, three. I see that hand. Two hands, that's awesome. That's awesome. Church, I'd like you to stand real quick. We are gonna pray with these two. Listen, that's a big applause right there. You're making a huge decision this morning. Sandy, can you do me a favor and get me two packets, two packets for them, the salvation packets and the bags back there? I don't see any. Oh, Margie got it. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I'm gonna give you a packet this morning. It's not to buy anything or anything like that. It's simply for us to connect to you that raised your hands this morning. Because I wanna call you this week because you may have questions. This young lady in the front, I can't read her tag because my eyes are terrible. What's your, Liz. Liz, give it up for Liz this morning. And the, and the tall lumberjack looking fella back there. What's your name, sir? Say, Eric, did you really say that? Eric, I can say your name is gonna be so easy to remember. That's my name. God is good all the time. So Liz and Eric, a lot of people in this room have heard what I'm gonna say to you. Welcome to this dysfunctional family at GT North. Nobody's perfect. We're all just trying to figure this out together. Jesus is our Lord and Savior. He's at the center of all things. We love him and we serve him the best we can. But we're here for one another. And the prayer that I'm about to lead you in is simply a prayer of faith. It's just a prayer of faith. That's it. It's your prayer receiving Jesus into your heart. We're gonna all say it together. Right, church? All right, let's say it like we mean it. Here we go. Dear Jesus, Thank you for choosing me this morning. I confess that I am a sinner saved by grace in the name of Jesus Christ. I accept you now as my Lord and my Savior. I believe that you are the Son of God. You died on a cross for my sins. You were raised again, and you're coming back. Thank you that I am a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. In Jesus' name, and everybody screamed, amen, amen, amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the GT family. You could take the white card, fill it out, give it to the hub. I'd love to have a conversation with you this week. No pressure, don't be scared by it. Total awesome conversation. So if you could do that, that'd be great. Everybody else, we have a prayer team that would love to pray with you. So if you need to spend a little time and come front, please do that. Amen? God, I thank you for every person here this morning. God, have your way. Continue to move as we leave this place. May we recognize you as wonderful counselor this coming week. And may we take the time 
to show up, sit down and shut up and hear from you in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen, amen, amen. Love you, love you guys. Go out and be Jesus to somebody this week.